The following program is brought to you by the 511 Media Group. This program is available on iTunes, Spotify, the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, and 511mediagroup.com. Welcome back, Spookles and Witches. Long time no here. Talk? Sure. Sound. Sound? <laughs> um, I say that because we just filmed another one, or record. Oh my gosh, I'm... I always do that. <laughs> I always say film instead of record, and we don't have any cameras in here, so I don't know why I say it. Um, it's pretty close. <laughs> we're, we're filming auditory. Sure. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we just did Jack the Ripper, and we are now moving on to Lizzie Borden. Now, for those of you who live under a rock, like apparently Summer, who thought it was Lizzie Gordon. I, I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> I think we were we had to have been drinking or something. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but I just thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> but Lizzie Borden has become extremely popular. I feel like more so lately. Um, the beauty company that we teamed up with, um, they have a lip gloss named after Lizzie Borden oh, too. Okay. Um, and I know the TV show was really popular um, when it came out with Christina Ricci. Yeah. Um. That's how I found out about it. And, of course, BuzzFeed Unsolved because some days you just want to watch a video, but you want to hear about murder. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so um, I kind of have a little bit of a backstory. Um, also a lot about the death and then suspects. But um, it's a kind of cut and dry. Um, again, the issue with our podcast this week is that these are both unsolved murders, but there's also not enough information because it's the 1800s, yeah. <laughs> um, which seems to be the primary issue here. Um, this was actually only four years after Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but nonetheless, um, Lizzie was born on July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, her mother, Sarah, died not long after her birth. And then her father, Andrew, remarried three years later because nothing says I love you by remarrying only three years after your wife dies. Um, And that was to Abby Durfee Gray. What a funky name. (laughs) Um, So Lizzie was 32 at this time. And her and her sister, who was 41, and her name was Emma, they both lived with um, her father and their stepmother. Um... They were wealthy, but they were frugal. Um, Growing up, the dad made a lot of money, but they didn't spend a lot. Um, And at this point in time, the sisters were worried that Abby would try to take their father's money and inheritance, causing a strained relationship. And there's also a theory about why the relationship is strained later on. Um. But on the morning of August 4th, 1892, Andrew and Abby were found murdered and mutilated in their home. Um, Lizzie found the bodies and alerted the maid to her father's body on the sofa. And then apparently a neighbor came over because they heard a commotion or something. Yeah. And the maid and the neighbor searched the house and found Abby in the guest bedroom on the floor. Um, ow, my ear. Um. I love the BuzzFeed video because they make, like, a cartoon of, like, the scenario with, like, their pictures. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice little like reenactment, and they're also like staying overnight and doing ghost hunting there too, um, because it is a museum now, and it's a bed and breakfast. Oh, <laughs> it's an Airbnb. Go there? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to go to Massachusetts. Well, no, um, I do. <laughs> it's far away. Um, yeah, so it's a B and B now, and um, they stayed there in the video. Nonetheless, um, the police suspected Lizzie upon arrival, but they didn't take her into custody. And um, later on during that week, she burned a dress, but she claimed that there was paint spilled on Mm -hmm. it. Um, And so the murder was also suspected with a hatchet, not an axe. Axes are larger and hatchets are like the smaller. You know, hatchet. You read the book in elementary school. (laughs) yeah yeah brought you back a little bit didn't i um we had to read that for school at least um but the hatchet is a very small axe basically but um the nursery rhyme and the tv show and movie adaptations take the axe more so into consideration so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily accurate but it's close enough um Around 11.15 a.m. that morning, Lizzie was outside by the barn and she heard a, quote, heavy fall and subdued groaning and noticed there was an open screen door to the house upon arriving to see what was going on. Um, The maid says that when she alerted her that she was wearing an unstained blue dress, which the dress she burned was red. (laughs) Oh. Which also, why would you burn it if it was red? Couldn't you just like figure it out (laughs) yeah just splatter more paint on it um so that's all i have about um the actual like day of the murder um and i have a couple suspects um but i do have um adaptations i guess i can say before we get into suspects and all that other mojo um, so the first adaptation is a movie, The Legend of Lizzie Borden. It was a movie TV or a TV movie is what they used to be called when they made movies specifically for TV. Oh, um, okay. yeah, I thought it was a TV show, but it was made in 1975. Um, there was a couple of, of musical, um, there's a musical called Lizzie Borden. And it was a 1965 opera. And then it got turned into Lizzie the Musical. (laughs) Um, There is also a Lizzie Borden podcast, which I did not listen to, but they were on one of the websites I was reading. And then, of course, the more popular, um, in 2014, Christina Ricci's adaptation, Lizzie Borden took an axe. That had a couple seasons. Um... And then, this I didn't know about, but now that I heard about it, it kind of sounds familiar. Um, Kristen Stewart starred in um, a movie called Lizzie. She was the maid. Um, But she was in that movie. And um, there's a theory that goes along with this movie. So I'll talk about it when it comes up. But there is one of the suspected theories on who done it. And it's kind of the plot of that movie. So, is there anything you want to say before we get into the um, suspects? I, I have a timeline of everything that happened before and after the murders. So I can, oh. I can get into that. Okay. So, yeah, because I, um, I don't know what happened before necessarily. Yeah. There wasn't much that happened before that was really important, but this was interesting. Um, On June 24th, 1891, a daytime robbery of cash and 
three at the Borden home. Emma, Lizzie, and Bridget were present at the time. Lizzie, who had been accused of shoplifting by a local merchant, is the family's prime suspect. From the state, doors inside and out are kept locked. So from that point in time, no one could get in or out without someone else's help. Um, on April 1892, according to Hannah Gifford, a Fall River cloak maker, Lizzie tells Gifford, Abby is a mean old thing. Um, on May or June, didn't say which, it said May or June, 1892, Andrew Borden uses a hatchet to kill pigeons in the family barn. The pigeons roosted in a barn loft that Lizzie maintained for their benefit. On July 21st, 1892, following a family disagreement, Lizzie and Emma travel fall, travel and leave Fall River to New Bedford. On August 2nd, 1892, Abby and Andrew awaken complaining of a stomach uh, or a stomach sickness. Abby visits Dr. Bowen and she suggests that she might have been uh, poisoned, but Dr. Bowen is skeptical. On August 3rd, in the morning, Lizzie reportedly tries, but unsuccessfully, to buy poison from Eli Benz at Dr. Smith's drugstore. On August 3rd p.m., John Morse arrives for a stay with the Bordens, and Lizzie visits Alice Russell and talks forebodingly about household activities. She says she fears poisoning and that her father has enemies, and she has seen suspicious characters around the family house. And she quoted, I'm afraid that someone will do something. On August 4th, about 7 a.m., Abby, Andrew, and John Morse have breakfast. Afterwards, Morse and Andrew go to the sitting room while Abby begins her house cleaning chores. Bridget goes to the backyard to throw up. Just to throw up. Oh, yeah. I read that she wasn't feeling well, which is why she was taking a nap that okay. day. Okay. Um, Morse leaves at about 8.45, and Lizzie has a light breakfast at 9 a.m. A few minutes later, Andrew leaves home, taking with him some letters Lizzie asked him to mail. On about 9 a.m., Abby goes upstairs to continue her house cleaning on the second floor. Bridget is outside cleaning windows for the next hour. Sometime during the next hour, Abby is killed in the guest room by 19 hatchet blows to the back of her head at 11 a.m andrew borden returns home carrying a small parcel bridget lets him into the house as she hears a muted laugh from upstairs lizzie visits her father briefly in the dining room telling him abby had received a message and left the house andrew lies down in the sitting room sofa bridget goes to lie down in her attic room andrew was then murdered shortly after. Lizzie calls for Bridget, saying someone had killed her father. Lizzie tells a neighbor, Adelaide Churchill, that she had been in the barn looking for irons for the upcoming uh, fishing trip she was about to go on. Shortly after 11.15, police were notified. Um, later that night, dozens of policemen troop in and out of the Borden home. Doctors perform a post-mortem on the bodies on the dining room table. Lizzie is interrogated by Deputy Marshal Fleet, and Lizzie speaks in a detached manner, and when Fleet calls Abby her mother, Lizzie insisted, she is not my mother, she's my stepmother. On August 6th, 
A editorial in the Fall River paper criticizes the police for inaction in the Borden case. A funeral service is held at the Borden home. On August 7th, Emma observes Lizzie burning her corduroy blue dress in the kitchen fire. From the 9th to 11th, a inquest closed to the public is held to consider the murders of Andrew and Abby Borden. On August 11th, Lizzie is arrested by Marshall Hillard. On August 12th, Lizzie enters a plea of not guilty and is moved to the jail in Taunton, eight miles north of Fall River. From the 22nd to the 23rd, a preliminary hearing is held. Judge Josiah Blystell finds that there is probable cause to try Lizzie for the murder, which, given all the other things, I feel like it's a pretty good, uh, or there's a probable cause. On November 31st, Alice Russell takes the grand jury about the visit she received from Lizzie the night before the murders. The grand jury issues a indictment against Lizzie for murder two days later. On June 5th, 1893, the trial of Lizzie Borden opens at, at the New Bedford Courthouse. On June 20th, the jury returns its verdict in the trial, not guilty. So essentially, she was just found not guilty, and that was the end of it. She was also harassed after this whole trial. She stayed in um, Falls, Fall River, and mm-hmm. all of her neighbors would just, like, be awful towards her, basically. Yeah. Um, so the first suspect, obviously, was Lizzie. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of said that the motive was because her net – that her father's net worth, I think around today, not back in that time period, but in today's money would be around $10 million. Um, and they lived a frugal lifestyle. Um, and she smiled in court when they presented that. Um, five years prior to the murder, Lizzie and Abby had a falling out, leaving Lizzie and uh, calling Abby Mrs. Borden rather than mother because Andrew bought a house for their half-sister and not Lizzie and her own sister, who were his first children. Um, after death, Lizzie and Emma inherited the house and later moved to a wealthy house in Fall River, Massachusetts. When asked about the will, Lizzie said she never, um, her dad never talked to her about it. And in court, her answers were inaccurate and the dress burning, but it was not the same dress as the murder. Um, the pharmacist did testify saying that Lizzie tried to buy poison, which was prusic acid, but was dismissed because there was no physical evidence pointing towards her. Which is fair, <laughs> but yeah. also you didn't sound like you searched well enough. Um, and she was overall found not guilty. The second vi- uh, suspect was John Vinicum Morse, which was their uncle um, and Andrew's brother, I believe. No, it's it was Sarah's brother. Okay. So Lizzie and Emma's biological mother, Sarah, this is her brother. Um And John is unaccounted for from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. John claims he was visiting a sick friend with the town doctor, but he was looking at, but the town doctor was looking at the murder scene at the time that he said he was with a sick friend and the doctor. So he can't be in two places at once. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Abby was found dead in the guest room that uh, John had slept in the night before the murders. John may have known about Andrew's will as well because Lizzie mentioned when she was asked about the will that she heard Mr. Morse say something about it several years ago. Um, he had a failing livestock business with Andrew, which could have been a motive 
for the killing. Um, and the, there's theorized um, to have used a meat cleaver as a murder weapon instead of a hatchet. And that's just a really new theory. So it's not okay. like, it's not a super recent one, but um, it's recent enough. And then the third suspect is Bridget, who, uh, Bridget Maggie Sullivan. So this is Maggie the maid. Um, she went to sleep in her room, um, which was directly above the guest room. And in her testimony, she said she may not have been fully asleep during the time of the crimes because she wasn't like fully asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she claimed to not have heard the murder. How do you not hear someone being hatcheted yeah. right below you yeah. <laughs> multiple times? Someone's being hacked to pieces. You wouldn't, you would hear that. Or at least a thump or something. And yeah. in the video, they actually, um, Shane, I think his name is Shane. Uh, he asked Ryan if he should go downstairs and try to make some noise. And he was like jumping around and you could hear the thudding. And especially if you're not fully asleep yet, you're going to hear it. Yeah. Um, so that's why she's suspected. And then the fourth theory slash suspects are Lizzie and Maggie. Um, they were conspired to work together. Theorists claim that there was a romance and Abby found out um, and Lizzie and Maggie killed her and then Andrew to prevent the discovery. Now, just remember, if we think that um, there's a lot of homo-based crime, uh, it was way worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, light years worse in the 1800s um and so this was you know punishable by um jail uh they would sometimes kill people like that um they would what's it called when they like you're not a part of the family anymore they're disowning you yeah yeah so they would disown them from any of their inheritance and will and kick them out of the house basically um so that would have been a really bad thing for her, especially yeah. with her dad, like, getting older. Um, Lizzie claimed to have um, a crush on an actress, and it later caused Emma to move out. So it could have been a possible theory, mm-hmm. which I'm not really that surprised. I could see it. Um, but there was no evidence for this theory. Um, so, like you mentioned, Lizzie was indicted on December 2nd, 1892, and the trial began in June of 1893, which is really far out. (laughs) Um, she did not take the stand in her own defense, and her inquest testimony was not admitted into evidence. The testimony provided by others proved the evidence inconclusive, and on June 20th, 1893, she was acquitted of the murders, and no one was ever charged. Um... Although acquitted, everyone believed she was uh, guilty and she was constantly under scrutiny. Her reputation worsened when she was accused of shoplifting in 1897. Um, Emma moved out in 1905 because Lizzie's close friendship with Nance O'Neill made her uncomfortable. Some speculate she learned something about the murder as well. So that was another theory. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then on June 1st, 1927, Lizzie died of pneumonia. And then Emma died days later. Like, I don't know how many days later, but. I think it was six days later. Really? Yeah. That's kind of, that's suspicious. I'm pretty sure it was exactly six days later. That's suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't even think, I don't believe they lived together or were like even lived close to each other. 
No, at that point, I think they lived like a decent. Like states away. Oh, I didn't know states, but yeah, I knew I, they I didn't th- live together anymore. Yeah. Which it would be, that's so weird how it's like, oh, time to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, oh my God, what's her name? I'm going to get so much hate if I don't get her name. But um, the grandma from Halloween Town. When she died. Ah, oh, what's her name? I, I don't know. know. And then I'm blanking oh. out on Leia too. Her daughter. I can't think of her name right Mar- now. Mar. Nope. Mar. Nope. No, you're thinking uh, of her no. daughter's daughter. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of the granddaughter. Ah, oh, what was it? I gotta know. Hold on. I think my dad might know because that's very similar. Yeah. What was um, what was that lady from Halloween Town? And her daughter plays Leia. What are their names? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. There we go. What's her, Got what's it. her mom's name, though? Uh, I can't think of it. Debbie Reynolds? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. My mind Figured just instantly goes to Betty White. Yeah. That's all my mind goes to is <laughs> Betty White. Betty White's in everything. But there is a phenomena where... People like that in that situation where Debbie died and then a couple days later, Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. That's a phenomena on Broken Hearts. Oh, it, it was the other way, way around. around. My but. bad. Um, but it, <laughs> it's it's a very common phenomenon. And most people call it the heartbreak um, yeah. where your heart literally breaks and it, you have like a heart malfunction and you just die. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that if their relationship was estranged that they would have that same phenomena. Yeah. Because, like, they like weren't talking. Be, it has to be a coincidence or something. They weren't talking. Yeah. But, okay, the real the real dirt is who do you think did it? I I, I really believe the uh, Maggie and Lizzie theory. Yeah, you want to believe that, don't it, you? Yeah, I, do. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> well, I think it's weird that the maid didn't hear anything. And I think it's weird that Bridget... Or Maggie, whoever you want to call her. And Lizzie were both home while Andrew yeah. and Abby were home. But no one seems to know what happened. And she heard someone laugh upstairs when... That's they, suspicious. They said, oh, <laughs> she, she went out of town. But I also kind of want to think it was the uncle. Like, as a payback. Like, you you shouldn't have remarried after my sister died. Yeah, but I feel like that's not enough to, like kill him i mean he also went broke on that livestock business that he owned with andrew while andrew was making bank yeah so he kind of robbed him too yeah so i could see it for that one too i don't know if i believe lizzie alone did it no i don't think so because i mean yeah you could catch him by surprise but there's still gonna be noise i don't think i don't think she would she's smart enough to, somebody's lying yeah why are you always lying? <laughs> mm, oh my god! <laughs> Stop lying! <coughs> they should have sang that at the trial. Yeah. Um, but again, <laughs> this is just another case of information and criminology not being developed, and them not taking accurate evidence mm-hmm. and getting details. I think that every bad crime that's happened that's unsolved has led to where we are today because we learned lessons from every single mistake. So the mistakes that they made were huge to us, but at the time were probably so minor that they were like, oh, well, another killer got away. Yeah. Darn. They weren't good at <laughs> catching killers at the time. So I just, like, want to know what they did back in the day, like what the protocol was. I tried reading the court um, 
documents, like the transcriptions. Okay. They were so long. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even find where Lizzie was talking. Like, it was 290 pages, and it was part one. Part one out of- Part one. Out of how many? I don't know. But I kept scrolling, and they they went through, like, every single little detail about, like, the jurors and um, if they had a new relation to the case. And they would literally release them as they were doing this if they had some bias towards the case, which is what they do now. But they don't transcribe that. Um, So I didn't even get to it because I wanted to see what inconsistencies there were in what she Mm -hmm. was saying because now I don't know who's lying. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know if I believe Lizzie alone did it. But yeah, so basically that movie with Kristen Stewart is inspired by the romance and the theory that Abby and Lizzie both did it together out of love. I believe that's what that movie was about. Watch it. (laughs) Watch it. Just your lesbian queen uh, starring in a movie about it. Yes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we we hope you enjoyed that. It was a little quick one. Um, But Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her... Her mother, 40 wax, and when she see what she had done, gave her father 41. There it is. Um, yeah, don't sing that li- in the house, though. She gets upset. Anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we love you. Uh, give us feedback. We always appreciate it, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.